need to do anything else or should we just get into it? I think just get into it, god damn it. Right? Let's just do that. Um, welcome to A Little Snack. I'm Brian. That's Peter. It is Tuesday evening, 9.32 p.m. to be exact, on August 18th, 2020. Um, and you're listening to the very latest episode if you're listening to it before our next one, of <laughs> of a little snack, uh, Peter, how are yeah. you? I'm not. I'm not that great, Brian. I just had my. I just got the the silent treatment from my oldest. Oh, that's the worst. Well, you must have done something terrible. It must not be an irrational reaction from from a child. It must have been something earned. No, I say, just, I say that sarcastically, of course. What what happened? I well, everybody wants to know. Um, it's time to turn the TV off and go to bed. Uh-huh. And somebody whined and dined and actually was like reaching for the remote like a zombie. And I had to like grab them and pull them away. And it's like, no, no, no. And then you have yeah. to go upstairs. You have to go upstairs. Nobody's listening to me. And it's finally like, okay, no more Minecraft for you. And then, then Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then just like mad at me and angry at me. And then... Yeah bedtime i had to read harry potter to silence (laughs) 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 i mean he was pretty disciplined it was impressive that he kept up uh and and had complete silence but then um uh bedtime came and i i I softened him up and we talked a little bit and i think we we worked it out we're gonna work it out some more tomorrow i think it just wasn't around enough today so damn busy i've never been this busy in my life brian and that's crazy yeah so how are are you doing I, I, I'm doing you, all right. Good. Are you 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 busy being the? Uh, are you busy, been busy staying up uh, waiting for the tooth fairy? I have been. Yes. Uh, B lost her second front tooth. Wow. I think she lost the first one like on August fourth, and then her second front tooth was yesterday morning. That's and it was thick. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, it's like her her bottom teeth came out. Uh, you know, her two bottom front teeth came out like within a few days of each other and her front teeth. I mean, both front teeth were, were loose together around the same time. And then out comes one, out comes the other. Um, I know so what now she she's... wants for Christmas. That's right. Uh, so she is a toothless wonder right now. Uh, she's <laughs> And she's loving it. Um, but it was funny because it was a, a fairly auspicious date because it was also her first day of kindergarten is the same day she lost her too. So there's all these pictures of her in the morning, you know, with like first day of kindergarten, you know, on the little whiteboard or whatever. And she's just like, her tooth was hanging on by a fairly disgusting <laughs> the thread so of gross. red it's tissue. So gross. Yeah, it was bad for, for like, and she would, she would, and, and Peggy would freak out whenever Beatrice would just like pop that tooth so that it was like essentially touching her nose almost, you know, just like straight out the front, up the top. And, uh, and so she was doing that in all her, her first, uh, day of kindergarten photos. And then like a couple hours later, actually it was right after noon that day, uh, when her first day was basically over and we, I guess grandma saw, it's like, Hey, where's your tooth? And and she's like, and it wasn't there. And then grandpa found it on the, uh, the kitchen rug. So we got it before the dogs found a little extra treat. Oh my gosh. I even thought about that. I know. Right. Um, so yeah, and, and what we've been dealing with, of course, is, uh, remote learning for a kindergartner, mm-hmm. uh, day two was this morning, um, quite an interesting experience today was better than yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
Yesterday was wall to wall chaos. <laughs> um, I I think what what one of the main problems is the teacher thinks that it's okay if the students decide when to mute and unmute themselves. And I'm thinking they're kindergartners. If they're unmuted, they're having their own conversations in their own houses. And if you add like 20 of those all together, it totally drowns out the teacher. So like the teacher, you can see the teacher fine. And she's doing like all this kind of kindergarten stuff. She's clearly talking and you're like, I can't mm -hmm. hear you, you know, just right. tapping your ear. Um, and if she's looking at you, great. But if she's not, she's just keeping doing her thing. So it was a little better today. I think more kids were muted. Um, so who knows? Maybe it'll be a, a steady exponential improvement day after day. Um, but it's tough because it's uh, all about socialization and she's mm -hmm. not socializing at all. She's just there learning stuff, honestly, that she learned in preschool. Um, so she's bored out of her mind. Uh, she's restless, understandably, trying to find what fun can be fun uh, had. Um, so... Uh, I think that's this is this is our. Are you describing uh, her feelings or yours? <laughs> I'm bored basically twenty four seven. So and that restless, <laughs> and of course restless. So that doesn't that doesn't really. Yeah, she's she's only bored uh, at at school and and during uh, I would say most of it right now. Um, but you know you can see when she gets engaged in something that she kind of you know she kind of forgets about being bored and just gets into it and that's cool. But a lot of times it's just hard to keep her attention. But mm -hmm. I'm sure that's true for all the kindergartners. Usually if you have a teacher in place, they can kind of, you know, crack the whip in the nice kindergartner or gentle way that they have, you know, to kind of keep your attention. Um, but here they they don't have that uh, that ability. But um, just to go on and on about it, um, I just I feel bad for the teachers. Uh, I feel bad for the kids. And uh, it's it's just a it's a it's a tough situation. I feel bad for us, dude. What the hell are you worried about them for? <laughs> uh, it's we we have a kindergartner as well, and we yeah. are supposed to send our kindergartner in, mm. Indigo. Yeah, and we still haven't made our hundred percent decision, so we're putting money on the line because of uh, this, like letting him go and or not. We'll decide the day right before, I guess. Is that money on the line being like a securing a position via deposit or something like that? Right. Contractual. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I assume as soon as we leave, somebody else will take us up. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still so nerve wracking. Like, what is it? Uh, three days in and UNC cancels classes. Uh, Notre yep. Dame's canceled classes. So intelligent places tried or are trying yeah. and it's not working. Right. So kindergartners. <laughs> yeah. Throw those kindergartners. What are they going to do? I know it's, it's so tough. I mean, I, I guess it does, it does vary a little bit from area to area. You know, I know Maryland's been doing really well with that. Georgia much, much, much less so. Um, but yeah, it's still a major consideration and you have to figure like, you know, what, what is the protocol? You know, someone gets, someone else gets sick or someone else in the class's family get, gets sick. Do they just pull that kid out or do they pull everybody out you know do they just look at the kids who were in close proximity to that kid it's just like so much so much stuff has to be spelled out it's mm -hmm. it's it's so hard yeah yeah it's not it's not cool for it's a big 
it's it's a big decision, especially at kindergarten, because they need that social interaction. They need to be in another place for six hours, and right. that's not going to happen with Zoom. No, it's not at all. Um, so, and then here, if we don't go to uh, his current private school, uh, uh, kindergarten school, then we have to enroll him in the local public school, or else child services reports us because we have somebody, a kid who's not in school. Right, and he's he's past the age where because right now we we didn't have to register Beatrice we could have held her another year before because I think in Georgia it's you have to be if you're six you have to mm -hmm. be in school but she's only five so I don't know if it's different in Maryland um, but but we had that option we just opted not to not to hold her back for a year because she's already well not really she's like a little bit older than the people in her class based on her birth month but uh, I don't know no, boy, no, boy. Our 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 listeners are probably yeah, they're clicking pause on podcasts all over the world right now. Jump fifteen, uh, jump fifteen, <laughs> jump fifteen. <laughs> are they still talking about this crap? Um. So yeah, I guess we can uh, we can move on out of the boring stuff, which is like how you and I are doing. Um, and we can move into perhaps some real topics. Um. Right off the bat, off I'm the bat. I'm going to talk a little bit about Knives Out. Knives Out. Isn't that where we left off last time? Yeah, our listeners our... cannot wait. I know. They've been waiting. They've been on tenterhooks waiting for us to talk about Knives Out. Um, a little background. What year did this movie come out? Was it Was it last year? I, I think it was like it probably finished in 18 and yeah, came out in uh, 19 kind of thing. Okay. Um, I'll just just to briefly summarize a non-spoilery plot of of Knives Out, uh, it's about a um, a writer who um, uh, becomes deceased, and the question a prolific, is a prolific writer. He's got like hundreds I, of books. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be kind of like a James Patterson type, yeah. maybe maybe a little more respectable than James Patterson, but um, he becomes deceased, and um, uh, a a southern accented gentleman, a detective, is brought in um, to visit with the mourning family uh, to determine who might have helped make the writer deceased. And so it's kind of uh, it's a little bit of a, um, uh, a uh, what's what's that term like a a, a cozy uh, what was uh, I forget that term. Uh, it's kind of it's got some this is the worst Christie. pitch I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the writer is deceased, and we're bringing a southern gentleman to well. I'm trying to be discover who helped be the, 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 the decision, the 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 I don't know. Anyway, um, so it, it's kind of a closed room uh, mystery, even though it doesn't entirely take place in a closed room. It's got a got a lot of stars in it. Yes, it does um, have a lot of stars. A lot of. A lot, a lot of actors getting to chew the scenery, which is all I really like these days. I, I like to see actors doing serious, serious, fun acting. And there's a lot of that in that. Um, I think you saw this more recently than I did. I saw it in the theaters, and I know you don't do that sort of thing anymore. So what... Nobody is. Everybody's cool like me <laughs> well, Everybody is now. Everyone's cool like you. So what did you think of Knives Out? Not much. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't have a lot of fun watching it. Um, I was waiting for this aha moments. There was a lot of, um, there was a aha, the actress who is Ben Affleck's girlfriend. 
Yeah. Uh, I think she's a Cuban actress. Yeah. Could be around that. But she was fantastic. The the main character. I don't know her name. I'm not going to look it up. Yeah. it's uh, She's a nice lady of Latin descent. Very, very, yeah, very good actress. <laughs> wow. We're pretty bad here. <laughs> and uh, But everybody else was just what they were. Uh, I did not need James Bond with a southern accent to be in this movie. I, I didn't need this. I didn't, I didn't. It's it's it was a letdown for me. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't I didn't like any of the characters really. Yeah. Um. I didn't. I think there. I didn't think anything was too clever. I didn't think the writing was too gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um. I love Clue from the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. And cool. and I mean, the Clue is obviously draws a comparison because it's a a one room whodunit. Yeah, one one building who done it, and this is a vaguely like that. You're right; they do leave the location and whatnot. Yeah, they do. Um, and I was expecting to be a lot smarter. Maybe it's way smarter than I am to that I missed something, and uh, but I just didn't. I just didn't enjoy it. I was just kept waiting for it to get good, and it never really did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I didn't. They they really showed you a lot of um. The way I don't know if it was a writer director, correct? Did he write it and direct it? I believe so. I think it was Ryan uh, Ryan Johnson. Oh, the Jedi Writ- guy. Writ- written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Yep. Not, and he did like Brick and yeah, uh, that and Bruce Willis movie. Right. What is that? Yeah, uh, that's the one with Bruce Willis and uh, Looper. Looper, yeah, that yeah. I didn't care for either. And you think I would love Looper? Um, yeah, I, I never saw Looper. I, I haven't seen that one still to this day. Um, that one I think was a little bit better than this one, but still, it was still the the hook that they had Bruce Willis and then another actor is Bruce Willis when he was younger mm-hmm. playing. It, it's like no, it, it just doesn't work for me. No, that it's like it didn't work, especially with Bruce Willis already being in kind of a time travel sort of movie with 12 monkeys where they use bruce willis oh yeah in both places that's right that's right 12 monkeys like, oh what was the other bruce willis time travel movie i was like oh yeah 12 monkeys um so i don't do yeah. it horrible i didn't i didn't i didn't enjoy it i didn't i wasn't like wow i'm not gonna ever watch it again i'm here sitting here talking about it though yeah you are just because you can't get enough <laughs> that's why um i i was I, I think I liked it. I think I liked it more than you did. Uh, I was a little let down too, just because the hype um, and and some of the stuff I was I was reading on uh, on Twitter from people who'd seen it, they were all, you know, uh, exclaiming how amazing it was, and I was like, oh well, this is going to be really good. Um, and I thought it, it it was it was less than that, but I thought it was decent. Um, um, you know, definitely Ryan Johnson's best outing in a, at least five years, certainly. But you haven't seen uh, Luke. Yeah, Looper was a long time ago, though, right? I mean, Looper was like 2005, 2008, 2010, something like that. I think it was like 12. Really? Well, still, my Uh, five-year thing holds up. All right, let me see if I can (laughs) yield. Yeah, that's true. Um, So, yeah, I thought... uh, 2012, and there's a TV series. Is there? Is it based on Looper? So I thought Anna de Armas uh, was very good. Um, I, I liked the acting in there and, and my mom, okay, this would be a kind of a segue, but my, I would, I would ask my mom if she liked certain movies and she would say things like, I just love the interiors. And I'm like, mom, who watches movies like that? Why are you watching the sets? You know, movies about plot and actors, blah, blah, blah. 
but now I'm kind of in her same headspace because the interiors in this movie are amazing. Uh, just like the, the, the mystery writer's um, office, like the, his office in the attic, his, and then his study, I guess, which is on the main floor. I'm just like, I'm like freaking out how awesome this stuff is. Like, oh man, I, uh, I want that. I want that. I want, you know, I want my desk to look like that. Just being like a total dope about things. So, so I guess maybe I wasn't super into the movie if I was really watching what was happening in, you know, in the set, like looking at what the production designer and art directors were up to. Um, I like James Bond. Uh, and of course we're talking about Daniel Craig. Um, two first names. What's that called again? Um, I don't know. That's a word for that. Oh, that's the word of the week right there. Bruce Wayne. If we we can find that out. Peter Parker. Well, Parker's not really a first name. Yeah, it is. Parker Lewis cannot lose. (laughs) Well, Parker Lewis, that's a guy with two last names. Parker Lewis. I don't know that, but maybe that has a word too. Um, You keep talking. I'll look it up. (laughs) Okay. You do some some internet research. Um, I thought some of the stuff was kind of goofy. Like the fact that Anna de Armas, um, like she threw up every time she lied. I'm like, uh, okay, I'll go with this. This is dumb, but whatever. Um, and uh, it just, it was not a clean mystery. It was not like the, 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 um, the Eureka moment was just like, oh yeah. Okay. I guess it, I don't know. It, it, I was I was entertained throughout as we were getting up to that point, and then when we get to that point, you're just like, okay. I mean, it, they execute it well, but it it felt like it wasn't. Um, I don't know. It, it it didn't quite meet the moment, the mm-hmm. the end when we find out who the real bad guy is and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think this was meant to be kind of like a fun popcorn um, movie. I don't even remember who the bad guy was now. Really. You yeah. watched it very recently. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't even remember because his, I his rem- what to say his first name is Captain. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, all right, cut that out. Uh, um, I so I think the intention was to make a fun popcorn movie, and I th- I feel like they did that. It was a yeah, diverting that's what movie. I was hoping for. And- yeah, and I thought I thought it did that. I didn't think it needed to be much more than that. It wasn't a classic. It was just like, yeah, this is fun. You know, and I, I, I think I, he did that. I, I, he didn't redeem himself after Last Jedi or anything. Uh, certainly not. But you know, he, he showed he's got, he's got chops. He can, he can make movies, and, and sometimes they can turn out decently. Um, I, I just discovered that he's from Silver Springs, Silver Sky, Silver Spring, Maryland. Oh, so that explains a bunch of stuff. And he's around the same age group. Really? So, race. Oh, you, did you, Another, you must have run into him at some point. Another local yokel. Huh. Well, our our listeners were probably like thinking from our last episode, oh man, they're going to talk about Knives Out. They've clearly got a lot to say. I feel like in, in neither case did we have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> um, so not uh, really. I, I, I don't I don't tell people not to see it. Anything. I think it's there's no yeah. nothing bad about it. I just was not like. Yeah, I will say this. 
Uh, how way. how great is it that Christopher Plummer is still alive and still yeah, making movies? I'm just like I'm so in awe every time I see that dude on screen, and he's still got the 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 charisma. He's got the screen magnetism, and he's still clearly got all his marbles because acting is a tough job, and he's just knocking it out of the park every time. I'm just like, yes, we just watched uh, Sound of Music, and I was like, look at this guy, and he's still alive, still doing. Knives Out, and he was a star of a movie back in the in the darn '60s, the one of the biggest movies ever. And, He's uh, uh, 91 years old, Brian. Man, so impressive. Him, him, and Clint Eastwood—they got to make a buddy cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bad boys. Yeah, maybe not a cop movie, but maybe like a a, a kind of tired old detective movie. I don't know something, but Speaking I want to see more more really elderly starring movies anyway what were you about to say I was speaking of bad boys yeah um my wife and i had a vague date night you know and the grandparents all of a sudden oh we'll take the kids tonight you know, oh. like okay and then we have no idea what to do with ourselves you know you're oh, like sure. ah, yeah. so we went and got some right. spicy chicken nice. and put on okay well let's watch this this looks flashy we watched turn on bad boys yeah. uh three i guess it is now you said fashy do you mean like fascist or like fashionable. This looks you... flashy. Oh, okay. Like, I thought you said flashy. flashy. We'll we'll put it on while we eat. Okay, good. I'm with you now. Whoa. So, I didn't know if you're looking for fascist entertainment. I thought that would have that would have been a weird thing for you guys. I just wanted to stay abreast of any any developments with you. No, guys. I have enough of that. <laughs> yeah, in the news, right? Um, it was bad boys. Whew, I don't remember. Was the first one good? Uh, was, you know, I guess it was funny. I guess it was funny. I remember liking it when I was a kid, but I was a kid, so I, I haven't I haven't revisited it since then. Um, and I'm but, not even, I haven't even I'm not even sure who directed, but Michael Bay makes an appearance in it. I, we only watched like a, qu- a third of it, or it, okay. even. Yeah, it's 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 unwatchable. Oh, I guess I don't know. Jeez, I'm getting old. <laughs> I don't know how Ray Regis did it. Ray was like, "We watch, I watch everything." I was like, "Really? really? I can't I can't watch everything anymore." No, I, I, I can't. There's a lot of bad stuff. So it was unwatchable. That's a little surprising. I had I had heard that it was a bit more. Uh, it was a bit better than that. I guess not. No, it was terrible. And uh, my internet research brought up the word binomial. Binomial, meaning binomial. having having two names. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, but, but but so like, does that mean? Like, uh, well, then everybody, uh, I have a first and last name, so everybody's binomial, like, so it's got two names, but I think there it's referred to in the f- the fact of you have two first names, so Bruce Wayne. Oh, uh, is that what that means? Or is yeah. it like, you know, Tom Cruise is also like William Mapother? No, I think it means now you're confusing me. All right, we're having we're gonna have like a, a twofer for word of the week this week. You guys, you guys are in for a treat. You guys, Mapother, is it yeah, Mapother? Mapother. I don't know. I don't. No one's ever said it to me, so I have no idea. And obviously, Tom Cruise isn't gonna say it. He'll go to his dying day without ever saying that on camera. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else about binomial? It's mostly a math thing. But it sounds very mathy, like a nomial. Doesn't sound like a name. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I remember there being a word for it. By number ale. Anyway, let's let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on from this. Um, already an all-star rocking podcast episode. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I have I have a question for you. 
this. Um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this. The other day I was thinking and I was like, is there a sort of pop culture kind of opinion that a person could come at me with that I would get very upset about? Like, like you would get, you would get pissed if someone came to you and expressed blank opinion about a thing. Is there something, do you have anything like that where you're so invested in a movie or a TV show or a book or something, or even an actor or a performance or anything where if someone said, yeah, that sucked, you would just be like, er, er, and you wouldn't even know what to do with it. Is there anything like that for you? I mean, all the time, but to the, to the fact of being like, er, er, uh, yeah. I don't like, like I can't respond. I, I don't, no, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, cause um, the, the reason I'll let you think about this for a second and I'll tell you about the thing that it is for me mm-hmm. is, um, and this may, may come as no surprise to, uh, long suffering listeners of the little snack, but, um, the novel Dune, if someone comes at me and says, yeah, I read Dune, it kind of sucked, bro. And I, I, I don't, I think I would start to shake with rage. I don't know. <laughs> I would, I would not be able to get out the next words. I mean, I just, I, I would start stammering and I think I would get, sometimes if I get into political discussions and, and I've, I've been trying to work on this, uh, if I get into political discussions, my, my voice will, will get, will get louder, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, I don't want to, I, I, I like the people who can argue something and just be as cool as a cucumber. Like it doesn't matter to them at all. And for me, I get, I get all into it and you can tell that like, you know, are you mad, bro? Like they, 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 they can tell that I'm getting emotional about things and you, you know, you don't want, you don't want that. So, um, I was thinking, um, like, is there anything like that, uh, with, with a kind of a cultural, a cultural thing? And I just, I just, I could just imagine somebody saying that who had read it, and it was just like, yeah, it's bad. It's just a bad, a bad book. And I, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like I would, I would get very, I would get similarly upset as I, as I, as I do when I, when I get really amped up talking about politics. I thought for you, maybe it'd be something like, you know, someone just came up to you and it's just like, you know, you, you talking to them, everything's amiable. And then I don't know, last starfighter comes up and they're like, oh, that was a piece of shit. Did you ever see that? And then you would feel, well, first you, of all, would you, nobody would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, usually if a thing is good, like really, really good, it's it's sort of known and it's accepted and no one's going to have a, a hugely countervailing uh, opinion to that. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. But if someone did come at you and said uh, that about The Last Starfighter uh, and was just getting like really detailed with like their dislike for it, I mean, would you just have to be like, you know what, I'm out uh, got uh, or just like fake a phone call to get out of it? Or what would you what would you do? Come at me as you are, bro. <laughs> um, I think something I do get upset about, and it's pretty. Like, it, we're, we're trying to be trivial here, right? Like it's trivial in a in a way. It's not worth. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's not like it's, life it's, is. Is pizza? Like I think yeah. people have really bad idea of what good pizza is. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so um, so what what are what are the good ideas about pizza and what are the bad ones? Um, like a lot of people 
just just like bad pizza. They think it's mm-hmm. good and it's just bad. <laughs> and there's a lot of bad pizza around my neighborhood. There's like a couple good places. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to find good pizza. So you sound a little bit like a pizza snob. Uh, is that fair? Well, now, now it's a snob thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> then you're a dude now you, snob. Now you're coming at me. Now you're coming at me with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's not even. It's, it's certainly like the chains are out. Like you don't even think about right. But that that that's like a that's a thing in my daily life. Like for instance, like the uh, the the pizza that they get for my kids' school for pizza lunches or like events, they just order from this place. Yeah, it's awful. Oh really? And I'm like, I was in charge of the pizza one time. Yeah. And I was going to go to my place and yeah. offer them, hey, you guys want to start giving pizza to this school? And I was going to try to finagle, yeah. like, hey, let's get this better pizza and see if it's the right. same price. But then he just said, no, 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 this guy cuts us a deal already. I was like, oh, so I had to go to this other place. And it was just, just no bueno. And, oh, and, and then, and then, then I'm handing out the pizza. I got like 10 pizzas and I'm handing them out and people are like, oh, this is, oh, this is from Gregorio's. Oh, that's good, man. I like that place. I'm, I'm yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Here, here's a little snack. <laughs> so what's, what, just speaking about pizza for a minute, what's so good about Gregorio's? Is it Gregorio's is the bad place or is it a good place? It's the bad place. Okay. What's uh, the good it, place? What's your place? The, uh, the place we like is called Broadway Pizza. Yeah, and it's very New York style. Not, not to, the be, the best pizza that was New York style. That place closed. Okay, uh, they ran the business poorly. Yeah. And since then we've been looking, and uh, there's a bunch of other local pizza joints. Um, there's a place here that sells square pizza. Oh, okay. And that's just like no, like old cafeteria style. It, it, not really. It's, it's thinner than cafeteria style. Okay, it's terrible. Uh, now Broadway, Broadway pizza. They, 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 so you know, New York style is like really kind of like thin, kind of floppy, maybe a little extra oil. Is that is that and or is that more or less it, or it's different than no, that? No, it's just it's just it's like not like wow, this is the best thing I ever had. It's like you eat it, it's cheesy, it's good cold, it's good warm, mm-hmm. it's got a good handle to it with the crust. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You can slop a lot of stuff on it, vegetables and everything, and it doesn't like fall or break. Yeah. You 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 can eat it with your hand every bite, or you can eat it with a fork and knife, like a civilized person, <laughs> right? Um, okay. And their wings are pretty good, and the, and the prices aren't bad, and they're 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 close by, and just it's just I, this isn't a cultural reference though. So it's cultural reference to your question yeah. of whether would I get upset about a cultural thing? Um, I. No, with all that stuff like film and music and stuff, I would say it's um, taste and opinion. So I don't get too upset about it. Like, for instance, Brian, I've yeah. tried reading Dune. I did not care for reading it. I've listened to the audiobook to Dune yeah. and I get all the plot points. Right. Um, the science fiction aspect of Dune, I think, is not yeah. interesting in any way whatsoever. The fantasy aspect of it, the the things that they come up with are pretty interesting. The politics of it are fascinating, um, and that's what's so cool about it. And then the religion aspect of it is like it's trying to get away from religion, but then it creates a whole new one mm-hmm. at the same time. So I have only really, really enjoyed Dune through the visual movie aspects of it. I didn't, I have not enjoyed the books. Okay. So I'm about to get yelled at. Yeah, yeah. I am shaking with rage right now. <laughs> uh, I keep trying. I mean, I, I haven't listened in a while. I, my most recent thing was there. I think I sent it to you. It's um, uh, see, I'll throw again. 
Peter Hubert, Her- Herbert, Herbert, Frank, uh, Frank Herbert, Frank Herbert, yeah. Peter Herbert. <laughs> I just assume, Peter assume Herbert. Yeah. Frank Herbert uh, has actually uh, read a bunch of um, a couple chapters of Dune, and then some people clipped apart the names Harkonnen and Atreides and Oh yeah 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 you sent that to me where it's like they're pronouncing it's him some pronouncing the... it so it's correct. Yeah, right. That's what it literally is saying it and they make it sound like uh when you click on something on Google when you like binomials still on my screen if I click on the little speaker it says binomial. Yeah. You know? uh, it's yeah, him it's a... saying the word. So that's you're 100% right to hear the the words finally. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that yeah that was that was that was pretty cool. Um, like but that's the last thing I've heard of Dune, uh, and I'm excited to see the movie. But yeah, so wh- why do you think you get so upset about it? Like, why is uh, it so you know, personal? No, I don't know. I do, you know, it's like I get into these kind of states where I just like delve completely into some piece of uh, of artwork, some culture, some movie. Like you know, I I just watched the the David Lynch movie. I, I just finished God Emperor of Dune, which is the fourth book. I started the fifth book. Like I'm just I'm like immersing myself as much as possible with a full time job and a five year old into the culture that is Dune. Mm-hmm. And and it's like the first book to me is just is so classic, is so um I don't know, so perfect in its way. Uh that it's just like, how can anyone have an alternate opinion to this? You know, um and uh, yeah, it's 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 sort of an irrational thing, of course. I mean, because at the end of the day, like you say, uh, this is just these are just movies, they're books, blah blah blah. Everyone can have all the different kinds of opinion about it. But I was just like, for whatever reason, I was imagining someone's having a hundred percent negative opinion about it, and I was just like, man, that would make me really mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it, you know, you. Just in the course of being alive and being someone who watches this stuff or reads this stuff, you know, you you come into uh, uh, contact with people who have opinions that that differ from yours. Uh, that that happens even on this path podcast from time to time, and uh, it's just like you you make allowances. You're like even if they're completely wrong about something, you're like in your head, you're like, oh well, you know, they're dumb about this or. Uh, I don't know them that well. I probably won't talk to them again or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, you know, you, you, you kind of get to it, but I wondered if there was like this one, one glittering thing in, in all the culture that, that you had absorbed where, you know, it would just be a bridge too far for someone to, to, to come at you with an opinion that said this thing that you, that was beloved to you was bad. Uh, I, I guess, I guess I could say, I I couldn't understand how somebody um, didn't like um, uh, In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. If you don't like that song, you're not human or you're not something's. Yes, I could like somebody unless somebody was like beaten to that song every day by their parents, (laughs) then I'd feel for them. But right, 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 right. But right. that like something that's a cultural reference was like everybody like that, like when the, every like you almost don't want to own that song. You just want it to come on the radio every yeah. few months. Like, you're like, oh, oh, man, it's on. Right. Yeah. You don't want it the to triangle like... start. To... Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to play singing. that. Yeah. You don't want to play it too much. Yeah. I wonder if um, like, you know, even something I'm like not that attached to like um, Fury Road. Right. 
excuse me. I, I, I like that's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah. But but I don't have any like deep personal attachment to it. But I just I think it's I think it's great. I think it so so if if I if someone on a plane was just like, Oh yeah, you ever see that terrible Fury Road? Oh, I had to walk out like halfway through it. I, God, I just want to pay people to walk up to you now and say, <laughs> "You see Chinatown? Oh my God, they miscast that. Who wrote that shit? That's the worst script ever. Is, is it like sort of like well known in Hollywood that Chinatown's the worst script ever? It has to be, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That that would be a, a really good uh, a prank just to watch me like <laughs> seethe, seethe with rage impotently. Somebody walk up. Zaywatanehu, who the fuck wrote this? Like it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be say what and they don't. That's a <laughs> terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're much more level-headed, or you're more level-headed than than uh, than than I am. Oh, I, I'm seething with dislike for humans, but I still oh, will sure. sacrifice my life to aliens if it would save everybody. But of course, of course, to just endless probing for thousands of years. Of course, of course. Who wouldn't do that? If, if you're uh, lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> Well, I guess I would throw it out to our listeners. Uh, if if there is any piece of uh, uh, pop culture that uh, that you would uh, start a knife fight over, uh, let us know, uh, and uh, we'll respond, and uh, we'll talk about it in the next podcast. Um, okay, that was interesting. Um, and you know it's been good if one of the hosts ends it with saying, that was interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. Here's a question for you, Peter. I have a question for you first. You're oh, asking. okay. Yeah, I did. I did. You come at me. Okay. What do you got? Here, here, I'll, I'll come at you, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to read you a headline that I saw and it made me think of you. I want to okay. see what, what, you, what you think this is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> School in Thailand uses plastic pens to separate children during pandemic. What's the first image that's in your head? Um. Yeah, I'm thinking of like Bic pens and they've, I don't know, they've taped them all together in lines to, to, I, yeah, but that doesn't really work. So I'm like, do they mean like pens as in like, not like a play pen, but a like pen as in penitentiary, like a little, like not cages or something? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's little plastic cages, like wow. little plastic pens. And when I first read that, I was like, oh my God, there's a pen story for Brian. They're <laughs> using plastic pens to separate children during the pandemic. Or like maybe the good kids or the kids who are healthy get plastic pens. And then the kids who are, who are um, showing symptoms, they get the resin pens or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like the ballpoint pens are all licking them to make them write better. Yeah. yeah. Does that work? Is that, does that work? Or is that stupid? Yeah. No, it works. Why it does works. it work, Brian? Because uh, you're just getting the, uh, the the liquid in your spit is getting the, the, the liquid of the ink sort of going. Like it, it sort of uh, grooves it and lubes up the uh, the little ball on the uh, on the tip of uh-huh. the ballpoint pen. <laughs> but I, I, that, that's from a long time ago. It's getting warm in uh, here. Yeah, it's getting a little hot and spicy. Um, <laughs> I, I do that with uh, fountain pens uh, to get you like them. fountain pens? Yeah, and that will leave... You have to suck line. it a little bit before you do that. Yeah, you just you just put the little itty bitty tip in your mouth and just go, you know, just give it a little suck, you know, just like no, no, you you uh, <laughs> no, you just you just uh, drag it down uh, across your tongue and it'll it will leave a line of ink there, and you may taste it, but it will get your pen working. So. 
<laughs> I'm glad these pens are keeping these children apart because yes, yes, they don't need to be anywhere near these kids. No, they don't. But they but don't. seriously, the best part was when I read that headline and I clicked on the link and then there's a picture and I was like, oh, like <laughs> plastic pens, pens. pig pens. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not in the end interesting to me. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Um. Peter, back to me. Yeah, back to uh, My question to you is this. Have you seen the film Dread starring Carl Urban as Judge Dread? Have you seen that movie? Uh, I've seen it once, one and a half times. One and a half times. Okay. I just saw this recently. I think it was weekend before. First last. time? Same yeah, time? for the first time I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty impressed by this movie. Come, come at me, bro. Okay, um, I liked it a lot. I, I liked it a lot, too. Uh, it deserved that. a sequel. It deserves a yeah. series, is what they've been talking about. Carl Urban nailed Judge. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm going to jump back to our first episode of The Snack and say yeah. Lena, Lena Headley. Headley. Not my favorite actress. She was not a great villain in this. I thought she was interesting because... Well, I, I again, like, I'll I'll say I if you're an actor and you go over the top, you're my best friend. I want to watch that all day long. I don't like subtle performances anymore. I just I just give me until the day I die. Just give me hammy performances. That's all what, I want. What's her name in it? Mama? Is it Mom or Mama? Yeah, it's 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 like yeah, it's like Mama, but it's sort of short for like you know two different names. So they just end up calling her Mama, and it's weird because they say that, and you think like, oh, I guess everyone's. It's just going to be everyone calling her mama, and we're just going to get used to it. But it doesn't. It doesn't even sound like mama. It's like, uh, like it's sort of like yo yo ma, except yo yo mama. You know, does has that. The, kind of, does she play the cello? Yeah, she's definitely into the cello in this movie. She's very sensitive. No, I thought it was interesting because she had obviously been. All right, so just to to catch everyone up on on dread. No, before go, we go. get into dread. Okay, before we do, yeah, what do we got. So we were both into comic books, right? And we mostly got Marvel and DC and blah blah. But right. there was the always like the independent stuff or the international stuff on the side, and Judge yeah. Dredd is part of that. It's a British comic book. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. The art in it was more like, at least the covers were more like paintings, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you're thinking of Simon Bisley, and and I don't know if Who you else remember. Would I be thinking of? Well, of course, of course. Now Simon Bisley was like the guy for like a while like you know in the todd mcfarlane eric larson jim lee era like at their heyday out in the eighth there there, there was simon bisley painting these amazing uh um, covers so they're, they're painting yeah they're paint they're 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 paintings and and he would do full comics like that really jesus yeah um but he would also do more traditional um comics where he was sort of like do that effect very limited, you know, in a very, very, um, uh, restricted way, like just at the backgrounds or something like that. Um, and that, that was for the longest time, his, his judge dread stuff was the only stuff I ever saw of judge dread. I never picked up a comic, uh, of judge dread. He did, he had, I had no interest in the guy. Um, and you know, I, I still don't really, I just think that, um, one thing I'll say about watching, uh, judge dread, which is a, a futuristic, uh, not post-apocalyptic, but just kind of dystopian uh, movie set in, I think, Los Angeles, um, you know, I don't know, 100 years from now. And, uh, you know, everything is kind of bad. It's like RoboCop level crime. 
Um, and the what way the punk noir is it be like it's not steampunk, but it's like uh, was it was neo punk? Yeah, I would I would buy that. I I'm not sure the the sort of subgenre of it, but um, the the way they've solved the housing crisis in this movie is they've um, constructed hundreds of giant um, high rises, the skyscrapers essentially that are just just apartments, like row after row after row after row after apartments. Uh, and I I forget how high these things went. I think it was like ridiculously high, like 300 stories or something. And um, and so the, the the film opens with this wide shot of of the city, and you can just see normal city, but then shot through are all these really tall, um, rectangular, not very interesting buildings. They just look like behemoths um, rising out of the the the, the regular sized city. And 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 it's in one of these buildings that the 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 story takes place. There's a murder. They call they call one of the uh, the judges. And in this future, Judge Dredd is a whole thing where he's a cop, um, he's an investigator, and he's also a judge, and he's also an executioner. So it's like they are they are the law in in, in its entirety. And so when they go in, um, they determine if you're guilty and if the and if if and what the crime and the punishment is and if it is worthy and if it's death, they, they will kill you right there. And it's, and it's very interesting to watch the uh, judge dread in our current post George Floyd movement moment. Um, because it's like, um, it has this very pro cop feel. Um, and it, it has, you know, judge dread has always had this kind of like, you know, fascist, undertone you know it's i mean maybe not maybe an overtone and so you know once if you if you kind of tune that part of it out um you know you you just kind of like go for the ride and 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 then they're not fully i don't think the filmmakers are fully in judge dread's corner or or that system's corner by any stretch but um, it was interesting to to be like i'm rooting for like the cop who just uh willy-nilly kills people he thinks are guilty um so that was a little tough but um but to get back to lena headley her character um is uh has i think was a sex worker and she had been viciously assaulted um and i think she's got some lingering scars from from that encounter and it, and it, and it just turns her vicious <clears throat> and so she kind of rises up the ranks of, of a gang and she ends up taking over um uh, one of these uh residential skyscrapers and is just running running a uh, criminal enterprise out of it and so the movie very quickly becomes um a kind of game of chess between judge dread and his rookie apprentice who also happens to be a psychic um and lena headley and her gang of really really bad guys as um they're sort of trying to judge Dredd's trying to find her and she's trying to kill him um, in this, in this really giant building. And it just works. I mean, the, it's, they're so smart about keeping the energy focused in this building. Um, there's, there's, there's no exit from it until whatever has been set up is uh, figured out is processed, um, uh, is, I don't know what the right word is solved is wrong. Uh, but until our, your antagonist and protagonist hash it out. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just great B entertainment. It's a strong movie. And I realized I found out at the end, I didn't know it going in that, uh, 
Alex Garland um, was credited, I think, as one of two screenwriters, if not mm-hmm. the only screenwriter on that movie. And I was like, ah, um, which would explain how um, how confident the script was uh, for that movie. And it was it was a very confident script. It wasn't it wasn't trying to do too much. It knew that it had the goods and um, it could deliver them in the pace of its choosing. And uh, it really it really worked, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, I've, it's been a while since I've seen it. It was um, exactly what the trailers delivered. Like the the trailers sold exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, Urban was fantastic as Dread because they were like, I don't remember, but didn't he basically wear the helmet the whole time? The entire time, never took it off. Never once. Never once. Even the Mandalorian's not taking it not off. Not even a flashback. Not even a flashback. I was, um, I was like, that. That's that's a tough thing for actors to do. Yeah. Um, he um, he nails the voice, the movements, the technology using the guns and knowing how to they, it's knowing how to fight. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember too much. The beginning they show him riding a bike. They he's doing an arrest in the beginning. Then they go back to the the, the cop station or the judge station, and then he right. goes and gets called out with this with a partner. Right. And That's they right. got to get to the top of the building. Well, no, it's like, um, you know, there's crimes happening all over the city. And he's like, she's like, which one should we go to? Which one should we respond to? And he's like, your call, which one? And so she just sort of randomly chooses this one. And so he's like, yep, your call, let's go. And so then they go there and it's the, the, the murder are, um, I think three guys who have been thrown from the interior atrium from like one of the, the, like the 30th floor down to the bottom and they've just like, you know, exploded at the, at the, on the, on the bottom as they fell. And so Mm -hmm. they're just there to find out like, well, who did this? And then, and then it sort of goes further from there. And it's like, well, we think, um, this lady did it, mama, Lena Headley. And so she's like, oh crap, we've got judges in here. What do we do? And so it escalates from there. Um, but it just starts out as that. Um, and one of the coolest things about it, I don't know if you remember this, is the the drug that they're selling slows down time. Right. Yeah. It's, and I forget what it was called, but but um, it, it's this um, really interesting effect. And they use it to such... Um, they use it, like they play with it with film and speed too to like they, yeah. show things. Yeah. But for the plot also, because it's like to, to make an example out of some of these, um, these henchmen who, who had, um, betrayed, uh, Lena Headley, they inject them with this drug that slows time down unbelievably. And then they skin them and then they throw them off the balcony so, so they're like falling for what feels like of an entire day, you know, and, and they, and they're feeling every instant of, of being flayed alive and then they're thrown and then they, they, they finally die. And, uh, and they use that quality. That sounds awful. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it, and they don't, they don't, it's not, it's not, um, like they, they show, they, they suggest it briefly in like, kind of like, you know, reverby kind of like flashback. Um, so it's not, it's not hugely in your face or hugely gratuitous. Um, but it, it's so effective. And, uh, and then they have a nice, uh, a nice sort of coda to that, that drugs effects, uh, for, for, um, 
the close of the movie and it, it's um it's it was good slow-mo it's, it's it's a tight it was a tight movie um i heard i thought i'd heard before i watched the movie when i was Where'd slightly less it? interested i saw it on um i think i rented it off amazon maybe you rented it yeah okay. you i paid think so money for it yeah either that or it was free on netflix i can't remember but yeah, I don't um, think it's free on Netflix because I probably would have found it and watched it. Yeah, right. Because I'm starving. Uh, for... <laughs> um, but I, I had heard I thought that they were looking at doing a sequel to that um, sometime soon. Yeah, nothing's uh, happening. Yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. I, I that movie definitely deserved to have been a bigger hit than it was um, because I remember it, it, it. It found its place in in uh, video. So yeah, and I don't know anybody that thinks it's a bad movie. And if no. they did, I'd come at them, bro. Right? Yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't see it. I, I wouldn't be uh, thrilled about a show. I. I would. I would much rather see it as a, um, as just another movie. Maybe a, like a trilogy of very, um, day in the life of Judge Dredd movies. Kind of what I'd hoped um, they would make a Batman movie like, where it's just like, Batman solving some crime uh talking to some famous bad guys and you know the gotham verse and uh saving the day instead of like let's do a rehash of his of his origin story um it is this is a massive citywide emergency blah 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 i mean i do like that stuff but it it, it felt like just a low uh, a low bore smaller stakes movie which i think there it would be perfectly perfectly done in in a kind of the batman that's uh, what the universe. new batman movie is supposed to be from the rumors yeah. is that it's supposed to be him in small like solving a crime but to do it he has to visit three or four of his big villains in the meantime right. to find out that, who this that could be great and i i hope i hope it is something like that but i i feel like with warner brothers you know, they've got so much invested in Batman, which is one of their few like primo uh, properties that they can't really afford to make a movie like Dread where it's it's just, you know, it's a B entertainment. They've got to they've got to throw everything at it. All the, the stakes have to go way up. Um, it has to feel as important to to the people in the movie as it does to Warner Brothers executives. Um, and, you know, that's maybe that, that's a little bit too bad. But um, yeah. But anyway, I really like Dread. Cool. Yeah, it's it's great. I don't remember. Was the music any good? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, the music didn't um, didn't stand out to me, which I guess it's not supposed to, which probably means it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. You know. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, then we we, we both say the knives are out <laughs> um, for dread. For dread. <laughs> um, all right. You got anything so. else on dread, or should we move on? No, I, I I really want to see it again, but I'm not gonna pay Amazon money to watch it. I'm trying to find it for f- something I'm already paid for. Dude, if you if you have a hankering for a movie, you just pay the four ninety nine and watch it. Four ninety nine. Yeah, that's it. Four hundred ninety nine dollars. Not a big deal. Oh my god. Um, but is there is there like a place I can like I I know you know Sean Harwell would know the answer to this like, yeah. How do I find where something's streaming? Isn't there something? There probably is a site Where like that. Where is it streaming? Yeah, there it is. Where is it streaming? Just watch the streaming guide for shows and movies. Search for D-R-E-D-D. Dread movie. Amazon, $1.99, Brian. You liar. Oh, okay. Cool. I paid not very much for it. Apple TV, $3.99. Oh, got to add that Apple Premium. 
DirecTV, Microsoft. Microsoft has streaming? Ooh, it's $4.99 to buy it on Apple TV. Oh. $4.99. You got to buy it or rent it? Uh, I think I just rented it. If you paid $4.99, you bought it. I know. Now I now I regret what I did. I should have just bought it. I'm gonna click on this right now and buy it. All right. So this is a podcast slash um, shopping <laughs> experience. Dread. <laughs> oh wait, wait. Oh, you didn't tell me there's another movie with Sylvester Stallone in it. Oh, you knew about that one. You know what? There's a sale today on superheroes. That's why this is 4.99. Oh really? What providence? <laughs> hey, did you you've seen a Sylvester Stallone one, haven't you? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one is terrible. Yeah, it's not good. But you know what is good is the 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 music that Jerry Goldsmith used or scored the trailer to. Have you heard that? I'm sure you've seen the trailer. Oh, I think we. I remember you talking. Oh, about we probably have. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's great. It's such. It's such well, I'm gonna watch this now. I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> uh, until next time. Until next time. Uh, oh, wow, sweet! I I've got it. Oh. Awesome. Yeah, nice. I definitely I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, Thanks, Brian. Do, would you like to go into a kids' movie corner for for a brief period of time? Um, since we haven't talked about our kids enough in this episode yet, let's yeah. totally go into. Well, <laughs> we're going to put these kids in their plastic pens. Yeah, we're going to put them in their plastic pens to separate them out. Absolutely. So, I don't think we should call it kids' corner. We should call it kids' plastic pens. <laughs> kids' penitentiary. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, I've got three kids' movies that I was subjected to um, very recently. Uh-huh. Um, two are two are decent, and one is not. Uh, the first two that are decent are uh, Hotel Transylvania one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised. I thought I There's knew about three of those, right? There's three. Yes, and Beatrice, okay. my daughter, definitely wants me to watch the third one, where they go on a cruise, as I've been told a number of times. Um, so the, so Hotel Transylvania is about Dracula, and he runs a hotel in, I assume, Transylvania. the Transylvania, Transylvanian Alps. And he is, and it's just for monsters because they're also scared of humans because of what humans have, have done to them in the past. Real kind of flip the script kind of a thing. Um, and then a human wanders in, and the daughter and the human kind of form a love connection, even though they both come from different places. Um, the thing that surprised me was that Adam Sandler does the voice of Dracula and it's not bad. I mean, he, he does kind of like the little, you know, uh, Dracula voice, you know, la the la, you know, and, and it's like, he's like, that sounds like Adam Sandler and sure enough it was. Um, but it works because it's kind of Isn't Andy Samberg. Andy or... Samberg is the human who, who visits and it's mm-hmm. very much like a Adam, Adam Sandler kind of, uh, movie grouping because the other voices are I think it I think it's a Sandler production which would explain it uh David Spade is the voice of the invisible man Kevin James is the voice of Frankenstein uh I didn't catch the wolfman um and so it has very much a feel of like uh I don't know what that awful movie was with uh with those guys like all of them really but um but the guy who directed it I think wrote and directed it is is the Samurai Jack guy, like Gennady something. Oh, because they needed somebody to know how to do animation. Right. And so it's like, uh, you know, for I feel like decades I've been hearing about Samurai Jack and how he's reinvented 
you know, animation and it's so dynamic and inventive. And it's like, you know, uh, half of me would expect that he would have the sort of career arc that Brad Bird has had. But it's sort of weird to have him find the pinnacle of his career with like Adam Sandler animated movies about, you know, cartoonish monsters. Um, you know, they they're they're decent movies and they've got some real like fun moments in them. Um, but it, it it does feel like a kind of a, a come down off of the the what I thought was the promise of 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 his um, I guess talents as an animator. Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. I think he would he would feel mad about all that. But um, I hope he 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 goes uh, moves <clears throat> on to something something a little more um, I don't know I less less Adam Sandlery I guess. That's, well, he did I, he worked on Star Wars Clone Wars. Okay. 25 episodes. I don't know how many there are of that. Um, Does it say what he did on those? Director. Oh, okay. Okay. He's like a producer director. Okay. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. But, um, but anyway, so, so the, these, the, the movies were good. Transylvania, uh, Hotel Transylvania 2 is uh, maybe even a little bit better. Um, that's I when they have a baby and he's a grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a grandfather and, um, he, it's like they have until the age of five before they show whether they're a human or a monster. And he's really rooting for it to be a monster like him. And so he's having to like come to terms with the fact that it's a human. And, you know, if he loves his daughter and loves his grandkid, it has to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, that's, that's okay. I've seen many, many worse uh, CG animated movies for kids. So, um, I, it, I was, I was into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, um, I saw probably one of the worst movies I've seen in a very long time. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's called Cats. Mm-hmm. Now, what comes to mind, of course, is the the movie that came out that was based on the musical. And no, I haven't seen that movie, but I think it's possible that this movie could be in the running for being worse than that Cats. Um, it's an animated film out of China. And let's and uh, Amazon Prime has it on their kind of kids channel. Like, hey, look at this! And, and it's so it's sort of like branded exactly like Secret Life of Pets. And you're like, oh, this could be a fun Secret Life of Pets knockoff. Let's let's put this on for the kid. Um, I would recommend against doing that if you are looking for entertainment for your child. Um, it's it's a it's a very very bad movie. Um, there are. Um, it is secret. It's just Secret Life of Pets. Is that that's what that's what it looks like? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. And... It's like if if Secret Life of Pets, if you removed all logic and plausibility from as implausible a movie as Secret Life of Pets, then you would have something close to Cats. But then you would have to add in a lot of age inappropriate stuff. Like uh, a cat is. This movie just makes me mad thinking about it. Uh, this cat has like a. Uh, a kind of a diving helmet on because he's trying to get this bead on a on a collar. So would this be the opposite if somebody came up to you and said, "Oh man, cats is great." <laughs> yeah, it might You'd be like it might, I might be I, I might shake with rage if I heard yeah. someone come at me with that opinion. You're right, I might do that. This is this is very good for that. There's a, there's a bunch of these like these animated movies that are like, geez, this used to cost like millions of dollars and years to make, and now they can just pop them out. Yeah. And I mean, like, I see what this is like. Like, it looks the quality doesn't look bad, but yeah, it's got to be this. Yeah. The lead, the lead actor is Dermot Mulroney. I mean, and he's oh, what, dude, 
you can you can hear he's totally phoning it in. It's just like he's he's reading the worst script ever written, and he's just like, I'm gonna say these lines and I'm gonna get a check. It's great. I mean, even lines that you like that were sort of okay that you could perhaps imbue with a little emotion. He's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do any of that. I'm just gonna read this line. So it's a fascinating performance for that because I know he's capable of more than that. Um, but yeah, it's like there. So so the 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 kitten is submerged with a little glass jar over his head, but then water starts to get in. Okay. And so the water's sloshing around on the mm-hmm. inside and, and it kind of keeps going up and it's very, if you're a, like a five-year-old, it's very traumatic to watch if you're, especially if you're younger <laughs> and you're rooting for the water. Well, of course, no, but then, so the water gets up, up and it's like filled up the thing and she, and the cat can't get away. And then it just stops moving. And we just, we just watched a kitten drown in a CG movie for kids. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> what did B do? We're, you we're did watch each- this. You watch this with B. I right? watch this okay. with B. Okay. We looked at each other like, ah. And then, and then something <laughs> happens. And then, like, miraculously, you know, logic to the wind, the thing pops off and, and she, the kitten lands on the shore and starts coughing up, vomiting up water as, like, you know, she's in a... PG 13 or R rated movie where she's saved from the water. It's just like, it was so tone deaf. It was, uh, it had, I don't, it, it was, I mean, they had this, this, this huge, <laughs> this huge set piece where this evil guy who is the bad guy. And, and, and don't ask me why he's bad. The, the people who made the movie have no idea either. He's just bad guy. Um, making kind of like glass sculptures and he makes one massive glass sculpture out of uh well obviously out of glass but it's like of a pirate ship or just like a sailing ship and the cats and the dogs who are all teaming up to get away from his base his lair Mm -hmm. they all they all know that there's like this enclosure inside and they know we have to do this to make this go into the water and it is it is just nonsensical from the get-go uh do not watch cats that's that's all I've got for the kids. Did you pay for this adventure. one too? No, this was free streaming for Amazon Prime guys. For and I, I she just saw it and she had to watch it. She saw it and and not only that, she loved it. She wants to watch it again. She actually, <laughs> she actually did watch it again. She wants and, to watch that cat die again. <laughs> well, I, I like I, I I'm just mystified. I'm like, what did you like about that movie? <laughs> you know, me and Peggy are like we're usually pretty good about like not casting a lot of shade on the stuff that she likes, but we can't help it because we despise this movie so much. Um, I had a brief, I was very aspirationally thinking like, Oh, I'm going to write down some awesome awfulness from this movie so I can share it on the podcast, but I, I, I didn't get around to it, but I think the, um, the cat drowning. Yeah, that's, that's I fairly, that's fairly endemic of, of, of how bad it is. Any movie that would do that, you can just imagine the other sins they would commit because they weren't thinking or they didn't care or, they were making a paycheck or whatever. There was there was no heart or soul in this movie. This was a cash grab. Cats yeah. grab a cats grab. Um, oh boy, yeah. So should we? Going to glory a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, it was a little glory. Yeah, I didn't catch yeah. That. yeah there's there's some similarities. Um, with the eyes wide glory 
uh, and, uh, preface there. Um, this is the word of the week. Um, and thank you, Peter, for the intro. Uh, this is the, this, the, uh, the segment where I, we talk about fun vocabulary words. And uh, I'll say a fun vocabulary word. Peter will uh, spell and define it. I will then spell and define it for real. Um, this week's word is... Are you ready, Peter? Mm-hmm. Petrichor. Petrichor? Let me play it. That just sounds like a company in a in a superhero film that yeah. is did making you, some... I didn't yeah. hear any of that. Yeah, okay. Petrichor is right. I, I did have it right. I just make Petrichor. Petrichor. Mm-hmm. P. Mm-hmm. E. Mm-hmm. T. Mm-hmm. R. A. R A, you're not. Then it's Petricor. R I. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll help you. We'll we'll get through this together. We'll we'll, we'll get we'll core, C O R Petricor. Very close. It was C H O R. Like you, you know the word Icor, which is what I-C-H-O-R. word? Icor, Icor, Icor. No, no, Icor. you're making shit up now. No, I I I don't I don't say the word very much, but. This is Petra, Petricor, Petricor. It's Petricor. Um, what do you think it means? <laughs> I know it's got a silent letter in it. Petricor. Something to do with well, Petra is usually five. High-sided Petricor. Then again, you're talking about the movie Cats. And that's a pet. <laughs> Petrichor. You know I'm not going to take this. I know. This Pet- is a hard one. I, I, I don't expect any. I, I know I'd never heard of this. Or Petrichor, it. it's the glue that they use to put staples together. So the staples are all in that one little thing. Like they're in like uh, a row. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's something. It's petrichor. That's exactly what that is. It's petrichor, dude. They take that petrichor and they put it along there. And the H is silent because you don't want to have an H because the H means the staple is going both up and down. Yeah. Like if you put two staples on top of each other, yeah, that's bad. So that's silent. Oh, you don't want it. So it's petrichor. It's the, it's the glue. So, man, you were trolling me the whole time. You're just, you're just a ringer. You knew this the whole time. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what it is. <laughs> Came at you, bro. I know you did. Uh, actually, I prefer that definition. Uh, what it actually is, Petrichor is spelled P-E-T-R-I-C-H-O-R. Uh, Petri. Yeah, pe- yeah, Petri uh, and then Cor, like Chorus, except without the us. It's like Petri dish, Chorus, no us. Um, it's a distinctive, earthy, usually pleasant odor that is associated with rainfall, especially when following a warm, dry period, and that arises from a combination of volatile plant oils and geosmin, whatever that is, released from the soil into the air and by ozone carried by downdraft. Geosemin? It's geosmin. Smin. Semen. Yeah, there's no, it's G-E-O-S-M-I-N. Uh-huh, right. It could be geosemen if they had, <laughs> if they'd been thinking about it, but they decided to take out one of those, those uh, vowels. So it's geosmen. <laughs> um, so essentially it's this, it's that nice smell after a, a rain after, you know, it's been 
a little bit too long without any rain and it's like earthy and nice and i know that smell yeah it's nice here's it in the sentence the intensity of the petrichor smell can vary with the type of soil and how heavily the rain is falling huh yeah, but how would you use it in a novel um the guy woke up know. to the petrichor scent of uh, he he woke up in an alley smelling like petrichor. <laughs> but there's a pleasant smell. It's not yeah, it's a pleasant pe- smell. Yeah, I don't know why. Why does he smell like <laughs> petrichor? Why is it? That's that, I'm interested. Let's. What's the next sentence? That's the twist. That's the twist, right? He fell into a a weird cologne factory. Knives out. Knives out. Um, anyway, that's the word of the week. Ah. song that is oh yeah what is i just made it up no it's something no oh i had it no i don't okay um peter um before i just monopolize and just dive right into yet another topic do you have something that you want to talk about this is 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 today the day for the matrix architect speech uh let's do it no Uh, no no it's not we're gonna okay okay well well not well, there's, the things I want to get into are to take. We should start with them, not not just jump oh, into. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Um, and we we could talk about it. Like I want I'll bring it up. Okay. So I, I was wondering, should we talk about script ideas on this podcast and all that we have? Being that you are a screenwriter, and I like to tell screenwriters what to write. Right. As a producer, um, some ideas that are running through our heads and like kind of workshop them a little bit back and forth and see if there's anything if there's anything I, there if it's worth doing i'm happy because... to try it i i definitely think that could be something there I, I, i'm not afraid to try that if okay. you're into it summer around early july shark terrorizes a new england town boo hate it it's terrible it. yeah yep. okay yep. throw that one out yeah but no I, I you know i've talked with you about this um off the cast yeah and I'm just wondering if we should really talk about some ideas that we have in workshop, even if they're really old or new or whatever. If people, I know the idea you want to talk about, and I feel that you're hemming and hawing like you're a little nervous about talking about it. I think you just got to dive right in. It's 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 a it's an interesting idea. Let's let's talk about it. Okay. Um, well, I have sure. lots of ideas. So if you don't like this one, <laughs> uh, I got lots of more. I got lots more. You know, I can pitch a bunch here. Um. W- I have this vision of Robert Wall, who is a actor comedian who had a TV show on HBO called Arliss. Arliss is a yeah, sports guy. He was Alexander Knox in the movie Batman. Yeah. Um, and he's I had this vision of him going to in the kind of a period piece because Batman's sort of period ish. We don't know what yeah. the time is, but like, so in like those wide pants suits and shirts, silky yeah, shirts, very forties, forties ish, you know, Chinatown ish, which is thirties, I think, yeah. um, going to Japan as a stand up comedian in a well to do city neighborhood and failing miserably. Mm-hmm. But he falls in love with a rich man's daughter and he gets involved with the crime in the area. Mm-hmm. This is a really old idea I've had. I don't know why. I don't know why it's Robert Wall. I see when I t- talk about this idea. Yeah. Um, just kind of like a fish out of water, but yeah. finding love kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that idea has since come and gone, and, and I've kind of 
came back in another idea that I had, um, which was um, uh, a World War II um, idea, the Pacific, what is it called? Pacific Arena? What do they call it? No, theater. Uh, Pacific, Pacific Theater, yeah. Pacific Theater. That they're in California, maybe San Francisco, LA, there's a comedy, either it's either a single comedian or uh, a, a duo. Um, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know which to do. But the whole idea is that um, the comedian uh, goes to war in the islands with all these soldiers, and he's a terrible soldier. But those soldiers do everything they can to keep him alive because he is their only thing that makes them happy while they're there, dying of dysentery, dying of bullets, dying of not knowing what's going to happen the next day. Mm-hmm. So kind of thin red line-ish. Um, but they have to like uh, thin red line saving private Ryan. They have to keep this person alive, um, uh, at all costs. Right. Um, and the, the, the duo would come in is that one goes and gets recruited and, and has to go fight in the Pacific theater. And the other one goes to, uh, ends up in Japan somehow and has a completely different experience doing the entertaining wealthy Japanese men. Mm-hmm. Uh, businessmen there um, and that may be a love story um, but I'm not really ready to get into it uh, the, all the ideas I had but I remember telling you about this and um, I'm trying to remember what got me so excited the last time I talked to you about it um, do you have any comments on do you remember uh, no I, I don't I don't remember what the what the outcome of that was um, I mean I, I think it's interesting I, I feel like it would be you know, I haven't done a, a, a huge amount of research on, you know, World War II. I feel like most of what I know about World War II is, is from, um, you know, maybe, you know, a history class, maybe a book or two, but then mostly movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Thin Red Line, um, you know, uh, other, other things, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, Saving Private Ryan, those kind of things. You know, not, not the, the movies that sort of came out during that time in the 50s and 60s, you know. Um, that were really focused on that. Like I didn't, I, I never, I haven't really picked up on, on those movies that some of which are very uh, famous. Um, so it's like kind of like, you know, what is kind of more related to what our greatest generation, you know, we're, we're sort of looking back on the generation and, and it's like, how are we seeing world war two through that prism? And for me, it's like looking at saving private Ryan, for instance, it was all about how we had somewhat, uh, idealized what World War II was and Saving Private Ryan was essentially attended as a corrective. Like, no, it, it was it was as grisly and awful as anything you've seen in Platoon or any of those Vietnam movies, you know, because Vietnam had sort of taken over as like this, you know, this really wrenching, awful experience where World War II is more, I don't know, um, kind of raised up as this, you know, uh, moment of valor and, and, you know, all that kind of thing. But it's like, well, you know, war is war wherever you go. And so Saving Private Ryan was essentially tended to say, you know, this, this is how, how bad it was. And so looking at, at, at World War II through that prism, it's sort of hard for me to see a way through where it's like uh, soldiers are going to view um, their day-to-day, their, com- you know, the surviving and all of that, and then prizing like a legitimately funny soldier who's like you know with them over over everything else because 
because he he makes he's he's good at his job. Well, he's not good at his job. His job is a soldier. And he's bad at that. He's good at this other job that that makes life a little bit better. Morale. Uh, he keeps them right. Remembering home. Remembering. And know, I feel like like if you you couldn't really approach that in a in a kind of, with a realistic lens, but I could see how if you kind of up the style on it and did almost like kind of a magical realism thing, you could get in some really interesting territory with, with that, with that kind of plot. But, um, you know, or, or maybe you could, you could shift it down where it's just like, he's like the mascot because, so he's always in the back or, or you know, has the least important job. Um, but he's always got him, you know, he's always got him laughing and, but then again, then, then there you have it like as bad as the, the Japanese or the, the, the Pacific theater was, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I, I can't imagine they were laughing a whole lot. So I, you know, I don't know if that, I think of just like Iwo Jima and, and, you know, all of the, uh, the naval battles. Um, so well, it's remember like, I did a uh, documentary, I edited and vaguely produced a documentary on John Bass alone. Yeah. Uh, the Marine who went and was awarded the Medal of Honor mm-hmm. and uh, fought in the Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Yes. He fought with giant <laughs> robots. Pacific Theater. Uh, was wounded. Came back uh, and said, "I'm." he's going to go back for a second time. He didn't have to. Right. Um, and he was very popular for that. Um, and uh, I... I, I, I I, I enjoyed listening to the stories and learning about that. I didn't know too much about it. And then Band of Brothers came out around the same time, and that series was amazing. Um, I, I don't I didn't care for World War II too much, but that was more about just people, kids. Yeah, right. And I could see that there's space to play in that with a platoon <clears throat> with somebody who is funny because that's how they deal with stress. Um, mm. But I just love the the idea of like fish out of water of two, you know, vaudevillian characters or one i don't know which way to go and either right. you know one's with the platoon and the other goes another direction whether they're in japan for some reason with mm-hmm. the enemy or if they're captured they're a terrible soldier and they're captured and oh and it's like a, a prison camp story almost right and oh, maybe i can see that working better the only way that would yeah, be it's easier to do that story because if he's captured and then they're going to kill him and torture him because he knows stuff who knows yeah. if it's true but then he ends up because he's stressed he starts joking and because of the type of vaudevillian comedy he does he can make them laugh and yeah. so they keep him alive i'll probably kill you in the morning kind of situation yeah, they keep yeah. him alive and keep him alive um and you know and the thing i liked about having two of them is one of them has to die right. and and you keep showing which one which one which one and finally at the end so something happens and then um i i i think i just i just I just think the situations could be really interesting. And it's the extremes of bullet going through your eyes. You look over a hill being serious to a comedian, like a, a, a character there is joking to keep everybody laughing and playing with what is funny and what isn't. Um, um, is it funny to joke about the guy who didn't duck and got shot? Like, right. When you're writing the story, what jokes do you tell, or is it just you play it safe? Like this was the these were the this was the greatest generation, and they only told good, clean jokes. It's like, no, <laughs> no way. Right. These guys are raunchy as s. And right, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's Good Morning Vietnam could be in there. There's an example of it being an award-winning, yeah, um, um, movie. 
but I just I just feel like I would I'd want to watch that because I know it would just be like the audience would be broader because there's comedy in it. Um, right. Right. And I I, th- I think it could be. Yeah, I think it's I think I think it's a good idea. Um, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of thought has to go into it, obviously, very start. But the most important thing is like, what is the title? Of course, the title is obviously the most important thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't Pacific yeah. Trim. <laughs> I don't know. This, that, that was the whole thing just to get that joke in, wasn't it? You just wanted to say Pacific Trim. That was all that for. That was all just OK. Um, yeah, I could see I could see that like kind of being. Um, but it's like then I'm thinking, you know, um, uh, Japanese prisoner of war camp. And uh, and then Hogan's Heroes, like comedy, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you don't want to go to that level. But then I'm thinking of that um, Angelina Jolie movie that she directed, uh, like, I don't know if it was called Fearless or Indomitable did, or something like did that. Did anybody see that? Uh, I, I don't know, but I saw the trailers for that and it looked like it was really hard going in those Japanese prison camps. I don't think they were a barrel of laughs like the Germans. Um that's right. So it's I, about a couple of guys. That was a true story, right? Yeah, they like they all get stranded off. After, I guess their boat sinks, and then they get picked up, and then they go to a prison camp. And it's oh like, no, I have to watch it. One of them's probably a comedian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of them's got some jokes. But man, what a <laughs> job that would be to have to write the jokes for this to, to get you know people to come in. It's like you know what that movie about the really awful experience at the Japanese prison camp that was hilarious. What a good job they did. You know, like to to be able to write the jokes in there that that are not only funny but also kind of like period appropriate um you know that would be that's a that's a that's a tall order that's a tough job it could be done but i know i i i I am not uh, skilled enough uh, at that certainly i think probably sean harwell could do it so uh sean if you're listening uh why don't you go ahead and uh, send a treatment in for this and we'll uh we'll start talking to you that'd be great that's it. That's if you want to make money and win awards, but <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. I think there's there's something there to to sort of mine and and uh, and and um, sort of carve out of the stone. You know what I mean? I think I think there's something there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, but I just what's the title, man? Um, what's Brian's title? I don't know. Uh, Hirohito's got jokes. <laughs> um, Comma crazy. Pacific, that's not bad. Uh, Pacific Theater comedy tour. I, I no, I don't know. I, it's it's a tough one. You, you have to you have to 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 dig. I've been working on a story for like freaking eight years, and I don't have a title for it. So that the, I, I'm the wrong person to ask for that sort of thing. I think those are very hard. Mm. Very hard. Well, th- thanks for listening. I, got, I, I I'll do one every week. <laughs> oh yeah, if you've got that many ideas, I've got like six in my whole life, and I'm just I I, I hoard them like gold. Um, They're once one every one hundred years. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah, if anybody uh, has any uh, commentary on uh, on Peter's idea, any any constructive criticism, any feedback, any ideas that can help develop the idea, please please share them. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Um, so, Peter, um, mm-hmm. do you feel we have? Should we bore them a little bit longer and talk about politics for a minute? Or pearl, pearl humor? <laughs> pearl, <laughs> pearl humor. 
that, that calls to mind other things. I think that's a little that's a little off. I think um, it's not it's not the worst. Oh, uh, what's um um. No, I don't know. I don't have anything. <laughs> surprise. Yeah, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's talk about politics and then we'll end it so everyone can see the light at the end of the tunnel, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't talked since Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris as her VP. And uh, certainly we haven't talked since the, uh, the Democratic National Convention started yesterday. Um, have you watched any of that? I've sort of, I watched the first uh, 10 minutes of it. I was just like, hmm. This is odd. I'm not into this uh, and haven't watched anything since. What about you? It's, I don't want to call it pompous, but pomp and circumstance. Circumstance. Yeah, that's that's, that's, it's like, hey, it's a a pep rally, right? Yeah, right. But right now we don't need a pep rally. We're pepped. We're pissed. We're ready to vote. We need ideas. And I don't think they mentioned any ideas yesterday at all, like any plans or laws they want to do or anything. So I I don't really care. Uh, yeah. about it um we did we did watch um michelle at the end of the night and i mean i i really love i think i mentioned to you i can't stand the phrase of it is what it is yeah same and i hear that a lot because to me when somebody says it is what it is it means like oh, you can't change it you know i'm not going to do anything about it right it's, it's very like, uh yeah. The whole reason why humans are here is because we don't believe in it is what it is. We change things. We see something and do something different about it. Right. Um, it only it is what it is because you don't do anything about it. Do something about it, you know? Right. It's And that's what voting is doing. And how Trump used it is what it is. What did he use it for? He used to talk about the uh, the number of deaths uh, in the country to COVID. Yeah, the, the, the virus, it is what it is. And um, Michelle Obama used it. And mm-hmm. she used it brilliantly because she used it against him and, and, and the whole, uh, you're not going to change this. Um, you're not going to change who this administration is, what everything's going on is. It's just going to get worse. But I love I, what I really got out of it is instead of, he, she was saying he is who he is. Yeah. And she said it instead. And to right. me, that was harsh as heck. Yeah. In my opinion, she called him it. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, it got it got very, uh, very good marks. I haven't watched it yet. I've only seen a couple of clips. You know, probably I think it was that clip. Um, and uh, but yeah, she she. Um, but that's the thing. Was like with all these Democratic conventions, um, like Hillary Clinton's convention in twenty sixteen. I mean, she hit that one out of the park. I mean, it was it was excellent every single night. Every speaker that came up was rousing. It, the crowd went crazy for everybody. We were unified, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't matter in the end. Mm-hmm. And here we have one that's like remote. And it's just, it, it, it just, it felt very, you know, a national convention is, is essentially, you know, if you're a political junkie and you're really interested in what political language and their speeches and all that, what it indicates for like a shift in, in tone or policy or whatever, you can get something out of that. But otherwise it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're both what they are is just, you know, propaganda, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to persuade you of something by giving you precisely one side of the story. I, I happen to be fully bought into that side of the story. I, I, I don't, I don't need to be, like you said, amped up anymore. 
Uh, all I want is to be able to vote and I'll do whatever it takes to do that. Um, so to the extent it's like, well, well, you're trying to foment excitement amongst people who might not be excited. And it's like, I, I don't know if it's doing that. It's, it's, it's hard for me to think of um, people who are on the fence, period. But people who are on the fence who are like, you know what, I'm going to tune into that Democratic convention and I'll see what's going on over there. And and have them be like the target audience. I, I just I had a trouble during the 10 minutes I was watching. I was like, wait, who is this for? Are we trying to it's Joe Biden. We're clearly not, you know, bomb throwers trying to, you know, electrify the left. We're trying to go after the independent and uh, disaffected Republicans, you know, make them think it's safe to vote for uh, Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not sure they were really going that route. Um, but um you know, we'll, we'll see today, I guess, uh, or rather tonight. And I think most, I think everyone has probably spoken by now, but, uh, I think it was, uh, Jill Biden, Bill Clinton, um, uh, Alexandria, Car uh, Ocasio-Cortez for a minute. She gets a minute. Um, and I think Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter, but I, I, I think the, the big names, I think Obama is tomorrow night. And I think Biden accepts on, um, on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So, um, I know I just, I usually I'm really into it, but I am not at all this year. I, 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 I don't care. I feel like it's just let me vote. I don't know. Yeah. I think nobody, people are done with all this, especially right now with like, we want change right now. Right. We want better. Right. We want decisions, better decisions being made right now. Right. Yeah. I, I guess there's something, something, uh, slightly offensive about, and and it's it's irrational, of course, because you know you you do it at a convention and you want to you want to persuade people, but just just the very idea that there are people who um, are kind of like I don't know, I'm torn between Biden and Trump. Like, no, if 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 you've if you've been paying attention in the slightest, it's like it's it's clear. And uh, you know, leaving aside the people who are in the tank for Trump all the all the way, but it's like trying to watch, you know, the the Democrats persuade it and talk to those people it was just weird i was just like uh yeah this is not this is not for me you know yeah the the people who are like with hillary and um trump four years ago uh there's like there's no there's no good choice right there's there's what are you talking there, there's right. a there's a good there's a bad choice and right. there's another choice right um you're never going to get who you want. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, you know, grow up and it's not a, you know, don't, don't, when it comes down to the two, vote for the one who is going to do the least damage. Um, I mean, the Democrats have never uh, nominated anybody like Trump. No, and nobody as unfit and dangerous as Trump. So we, there's, there's not really a good analog for that. Um, but the closest, I, the closest would have been Clinton. And, but he has, he's an intelligent, uh, right. And he's an intelligent guy and he had been elected to, to two terms as, as, uh, governor of Arkansas and he had a history there and he had good things to point to. So he was, he was a very much at a democratic establishment kind of guy. Um, you know, Trump was just, you know, he was a known, <laughs> he was a known awful quantity, uh, then. And I think people are just like, you know what, I'm gonna stick my, uh, my finger in the eye of the establishment and I'm going to vote for Trump. And it's like, this is what you get. You get, you know, um, th was it uh, three 
Supreme Court picks, um, you get you get this reaction to COVID. I mean, COVID. I mean, the the, the list was miles long before COVID, and then COVID has just sort of sharpened everything. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's just something obscene about having to persuade people at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I, I sort of recoil from that a little bit, but I mean, I know it has to be done, and I'm glad they're doing it. But that's a that's a tough job um, to deal with. But what 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 do you think? Moving on from that, what do, what do you think of the Kamala Harris pick? Um, mostly surprised by the reaction that it seems to be universally agreed that she is a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting pushback, and there wasn't any. Yeah. Um, uh, even the right was surprised by that um yeah. so i say kudos um if he's in for four years and she's the next person i think she'll have the experience over the four years to be able to run better than she did the first time yeah i think so too. i i um don't know if there's any prejudice involved but i felt like she was speaking down to me versus lifting me up and mm-hmm. i would say the example would be like, i felt lifted up with obama with her yeah. i felt like i went to school i went to this and i'm going to tell you what should be right which i agree with you but I feel like yeah. you're telling me instead of bringing right. me up with you. So right. that's my personal yeah. uh, prejudice. I say prejudice because maybe because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, um, I, I think um, it's going to be, it's going to be frustrating as heck to see her destroy Mike Pence. And then after be like, Mike Pence did a good job after the debates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I mean, yeah, T- Tim Kaine essentially took Mike Pence apart in 2016. It's not a hard thing to do. And Mike Pence just was just like, you know, he did this all shucks thing and like, Oh, I wish you wouldn't say that, you know, like, you know, it, doing his, his little face dance and it's like, yeah, okay. Then that, and then the media is just like, that was a strong performance for Mike Pence. And you're like, okay, the, there, we, we have no chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, it's almost like, the expectations are so high for Kamala to be very good that it's almost like Mike Pence can just show up and say a few things. And they'll be like a better than expected performance for Mike Pence. So, I mean, does, does Kamala Harris really have to eviscerate, you know, that sycophant? I mean, what has he done? He's got, you know, what can you go after him for other than, you know, mindless support? Well, I think she's, I think she's just going to attack Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and just say, and all you did was stand and nod your head behind him. And just right. dismiss him, right? Which and, is what Kane, which is what Kane did in 2016. Yeah, yeah. and now and that, now there's uh, evidence of it. Like he did nothing. He just right. nodded behind everything. What he was supposed to head the coronavirus thing. Yeah, he was supposed to head that. Yeah. What else did he put him in charge of? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, whatever it is, it's always you know if Trump feels like, oh, that I should be getting this attention, then he'll just jump in and and sort of muck it all up but uh yeah i mean it's i'm glad we're at this moment and that i'm glad we're we're in august and we're in the convention season which because that just means we're that much closer to november 73 days yeah 73 days um i sort of i shudder to think about what what was is going to happen what trump is going to say leading up to the election and certainly after the election you know he's setting he's setting all of these uh um, I don't know. He he's sort of pre laying the groundwork for some really anti-democratic 
Um, yeah, but high, high every, everything he says is not up to Congress or the Republicans. It's up to judges. And every right. time he does something with judges, he is like shooting 80%. Oh, yeah. Like he's losing 80% of the things oh, he's yeah. doing. But look how long it takes those judges to, to get up off their ass and do anything. It's like that's that's why the, the House had to impeach you know, with, with, without some of the witness testimony. I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you to be alarmed about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If it comes to that and the evidence is like, yo, he won by eight to 10 million votes and you're saying this or that. And it's, you know, it's just some bullshit he comes up with. Uh, they're right. going to throw it out. Yeah. That's, that's but that's again, there, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. did you order your ballot? Uh, no, I have not yet. Uh, wow. Wow. What a, what a dude. No, a bunch of, a lot of talking, hiding yeah. my badge. <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I thought there was a certain period where you had to, I don't think everything is, is settled yet. We've got. Right. Uh, but you can say, give me an absentee ballot. Right. But when they send it to me, um, it won't have all of the names on it because that hasn't been settled yet. I think there, there might still be uh, an election to determine Senate candidates potentially. In your state. I'm not in my state. Cause no. we've got, we've got two Senate elections going up. I'm, I'm not sure. I I've been uh, preoccupied. I have not been following that, but wow. Um, Most important thing you need to do this year. I know. I know your kid kindergarten. Yeah. That can not totally important, dude. not important at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't worry. I will do it. And if I have to vote on the day, it'll happen. I'll get COVID to get Trump out. That's fine. I'll do it. It'll be my last will and testament to vote Trump out. What, is, so. what, what are the statistics on COVID and tall people? Um, I know it hits men harder and it hits people your, with certain your blood lungs types. Are longer too? I so don't like. I would think the tall. <laughs> I would think talls would actually uh, weather it better, just because you know. Talls. That's yeah, awesome. talls. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look at yeah. all them talls. <laughs> look at all them talls just walked in. I don't go to that place. There's sure are a lot of talls there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, don't worry. I'll vote, Peter. Don't worry. It'll happen. Okay. Um, all right. Is, is, are we done flogging our audience, or do you have anything else? I mean, I, I. I'm always ready for the architect speech, but I think we should save that for another show. All right, let's save it for another show. Um, I was just saying, is there anything recommendation? What, what's that thing? Oh, rec room. Yeah, rec room. Where where where, where that? Where that? Oh, you want to do it? Rec room. Why does that make me laugh? It does. Um, it brings me to um. My rec for the week is um, is a, a new show on the Apple TV Plus. Mm. So Apple TV Plus. Um, you, you think you... Uh, I don't think you've seen it. It's called Ted Lasso. Oh, is that the one uh, with um, the guy from Saturday Night Jason Sudeikis? Jason Sudeikis is in it. Yeah. It's a character he did for NBC Sports. I haven't seen those clips, but I, I, th I think it's like he was pretending to be a, an inspirational coach for mm -hmm. teams. And he's just full of heart and love. It's not like the normal standard comedy approach now, which is like it's an idiot who right. has heart. And 
he's actually somebody who's not so much skilled in the sport, but he's really skilled in motivating people. Okay. And he's got great references. He gets everything. Nothing slips by him and he knows what's going on, but he plays his game to get you to do things like yeah. make you uh, be a better player or a person. Mm-hmm. This show is fantastic. This really? is the first Apple TV show that I think actually has some legs, actually has great writing, uh, produced by Bill Lawrence of Scrubs fame. Oh, great. Um, it's very funny. It's very subtle, but also some jokes are in your face. It's, uh, I believe it's it's filmed in England, I believe. Mm. Um, and that's because Sudeikis is married to a Brit who probably lives half the time over there. Um, and... So they were, they could have done it anywhere, but I right. think they did it because I'm just totally throwing that out there because that's a black squirrel thing. <laughs> well, is it in the premise that he's like a, like a, a standard like football coach, but he's, he's, he's a, a soccer he's a, team. He's like a, a, not a, I don't know what, he's not like the top tier football team, college football team of the second tier. Okay. And he coaches a team and they win that their, their, their league or whatever it's called. And there's a video footage of him like doing um, the ninja dance from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Vanilla Ice. He's doing all the moves <laughs> on YouTube, and everybody yeah. loves him for it. Yeah. And the the soccer team in England is owned by I guess a millionaire, and he is cheating on his wife, <clears throat> and she they divorce, and she gets the team. Mm-hmm. And the plot is she hires him. I don't know, like, I didn't know he was up for hiring, but he, she hires him to come over yeah, to be the coach of the soccer team, which he knows nothing about. Right. And you think it's to be like, oh, this is, this is going to be cool and fun. But then you come to learn in the first episode that she brings him there to just ruin the team, to ruin her husband's favorite thing, her ex-husband's oh, favorite. Oh, I see, I see. So, um, so it's kind of like Major League-ish uh, yeah. in terms of it's a sport and they're they're playing with winning and losing. Um, the, the thing that's different is the, the, the woman who plays the divorced, uh, wife, she's beautiful. She's an Amazon. She's the actress who was in game of Thrones as the shame lady. She says, uh, she's the one who's, oh, she's one of the, Headley, the Headley is, yeah. she's the one who totally demeans Lena Headley. Right. Okay. One of the sparrow ladies. Sparrow, and she's got the gray hat. She has her eyes and mouth showing and she's got gray everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Suit. Well, she's showing everything in this. She looks great. She, she has she has she has backstory and 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 uh with the, with the divorce and it, it does these little little things in there that uh, you know Bill Lawrence did in Scrubs way too silly, but in this he's doing a little more serious and it's poking like you know people are people they're human you just got to get to their center core and they're all gooey. It's right, right. What they're doing. Oh, okay. Um. Then there's a soccer team and uh. Um, how they're all the, you know, the star player, the old player, the new young player, uh, you got the water boy and he probably knows the most about soccer, about anybody, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, some good jokes in it. A few good British jokes moving to England. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, uh, that you come to learn at the end of the first episode is Lasso's character phones home to tell his wife and kid like, Hey, I'm here. You guys got to come. And you come to learn that the reason why he's actually there is the wife wanted space. Uh, okay. So he's there for a reason besides right. just coming to the team. I see. So everybody's kind of got a thing going on, a subplot, and then yeah. there are heartwarming human stories, and it's funny. 
And there's three episodes available now, and it's every Friday, probably for ten episodes. And oh, that sounds that I, sounds really great. It's very good. It's it's a long you know it's, you you put it up there with any of the good comedies coming out today. Um, nice. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And Sudeikis, it's so great to watch a show like that and not just be like, oh, it's an idiot coach, but he's got heart. Well, this this guy's knows what he's doing with what he has. Um, and I like that. He also has a, a coach. He's the manager of the team and he has a coach and he brings this coach with him. And it's like this quiet nerdy guy, uh, with a beard mm-hmm. that's next to him all the time. And he's got, they, they vibe off each other really, really well. Oh, and cool. it's like, it's like, it's great. I highly recommend it. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything about this other than I think, I don't know if, did you post something about this today up on the, on the snack page? Uh, no, what did I post on this? No, I posted something about, oh, oh let's throw that out. Rex Station tomorrow yeah. at, uh, what the hell time is that thing at? Um, uh, our, one of our, um, used to listen to us, but one of our friends, uh, Steve Badula and his band are doing a live uh, streaming concert Thursday. They're playing live um, to uh, anybody who will watch. They're doing uh, $10 tickets or... Uh, if you're unemployed, you can click on it and you get to watch the show for free. So a little bit of honesty there. Oh, nice. um, I'm looking forward to seeing. Let me see what time that is. Uh, I put I put a link on our podcast. I mean our space Facebook. Let's see here. Doesn't say what time. It's all day. It's just tune in. It's playing something. But uh, I put a link in uh, if you guys want to see Thursday play for That's 10 awesome. bucks, or you can say you're unemployed for free, like a dick, like unless you really, <laughs> are, really are unemployed. I'm sorry. Totally <laughs> um, right so those are my two wrecks. You got any wreck, 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 cats? Uh, yeah, go see cats. Uh, Amazon Plus, Amazon Prime, go check it out. Um, just if you feel like getting angry, just check out cats. Anyway, that's me. <laughs> Rup, 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 rec room. Rec room. All right. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, do we have anything else, Peter? Or Well, I think we really need to, before we get into the architect speech, we really, <laughs> we really yeah. need to talk about Elon Musk. But I got to go, so we'll just oh, leave okay. that until next time. Okay. Wow, you had us scared for a minute there. Thank you very much. Um All right, we'll talk to you about Elon Musk and architect speech next time. Uh, And until then, until next time, Peter. Until next time, Brian. Gonna rock the town without being seen Have you ever seen a turtle get down? Slamming and jamming to the new swing sound Yeah, everybody let's move Vanilla is here with a new jack groove Gonna rock and roll the place With the power of the ninja turtle bass Iceman, you know I'm not playing Devastate the show what the turtles are saying Ninja, ninja, rap Ninja, ninja, rap Ninja, ninja, rap Go, 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 go Ninja, go, ninja, go Go, 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 go